0: Hello and welcome to Latex Weekly episode 10th March 2021 Latex Weekly is brought to you by Latex Your protection from tech ignorance My name is Sean This week's news of the week OnePlus 9 comes with Hasselblad jeans Finally, as mere mortals can afford some semblance of a Hasselblad camera Some semblance, not the actual camera Follow me on this OnePlus has been working with legendary Swedish camera maker Hasselblad to improve the device's camera systems which will be revealed on the 23rd of March. Uh, The partnership will extend for three years where Hasselblad would help OnePlus tweak color reproductions of their camera systems to look more natural. So we're not exactly looking at the entire Hasselblad system. Hasselblad is just using their technology to help uh, their know-how to help tweak existing camera (laughs) systems that OnePlus has bought from Sony. So the camera themselves are sourced from Sony, and will offer twelve-bit raw capture, similar to Samsung's new S twenty-one models. Big branding names aside, we don't yet know if Hasselblad will pull uh, the OnePlus will get will will do well for the OnePlus. Uh, unlike what Huawei failed miserably with Leica, Leica is also a legendary legacy camera maker. But Huawei mobile device cameras are still plagued with unnecessary and often annoying filters that automatically turn itself on, even when we don't want them, Um, especially the portrait. You turn on the normal camera mode, you point it at someone and it automatically switches to portrait. The color gets so saturated, everything is so bad. Why can't we just have what we want without being pushed to use certain filters that we don't need? Uh, Leica is a very known brand. And to be honest, in my opinion, Huawei has brought down the brand image of Leica quite a bit. Um, So, Hasselblad has also previously loaned its name to Motorola, which didn't actually turn out as as memorable as well. So if you don't remember, there, proves my point. Uh, So we'll see. In in any case, OnePlus is a very good phone, uh, I just hope that they don't have those pop-up front cameras, I hope that the front cameras will stay as a pinhole, which is so much better to use, and um, perhaps their cameras are more naturally colored, they really shine, the the, 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 the real performance of the camera really shines. Surface 4 laptops to come with Intel and AMD configs. Hooray, I've been looking for AMD configs um, um, Surface laptops for a while, but they're getting more and more popular these days. Microsoft may be revealing the fourth generation of the widely popular Surface laptop sometime in April. This time, they will come in the range of Intel and AMD chips. It's gonna be more, Ryzen 4, Ryzen 5. It's not the top of the range ones, but no one actually uses Surface laptops for gaming anyway, so um, it's probably adequate uh, outlook the the chassis itself will stay uh, because microsoft chassis is timeless they have no reason to change it it works very well everybody loves it so yeah there will be a 13.5 and 15 inch models with a 3.3 by 2 aspect ratio which is good for browsing whereas 16 by 9 is good for video viewing so Three point three by two is a good one, and RAM can be boosted up to thirty-two gigabytes. They may be addressing some battery life and performance issues that they had with the Surface Three, and the choice of uh, the good choice of processors is actually good for users as well. I wonder if a similarly spec Ryzen model can be cheaper as their Intel counterpart, because everywhere else, if you get a laptop that is similarly spec right? The only difference is one runs Intel, one runs Ryzen. The Ryzen one will be a couple hundred ringgit less than the Intel counterparts. I wonder if the surface is going to be priced similarly or it's going to be the same price. Because if it is the same price, then technically it's not fair, right? Because Ryzen chips are a fraction cheaper. We'll see. Dorsey selling his first tweet. Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey is auctioning his first NFT converted tweet and the highest bid at this point is twenty two point five million US dollars. By the twenty first of March, this auction will finish, uh, will end, and the money raised will be donated to a non-profit that lets donors send money directly to people living in poverty. So it, Okay, the the donation isn't directly that uh, 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 sent to people living in poverty, it is given to an a non-organization that uh, Let that lets donors send money directly to people living in poverty. So he's actually uh, funding an, an organization rather than the cause itself. For those who did not listen to my explanation of what is an NFT or were not paying attention for it on its sudden rise to fame, here's a quickie. Non-fungible token, NST, is a method of attaching a unique code to a digital item, making it impossible to duplicate. It uses the same method as uh, cryptocurrencies. And what it does is it has a bunch of ledgers all around and each one, each NFT, each digital item gets a code. So by altering that item, and if you do not alter all the items that is in all the journals across the world, the item cannot be duplicated. So it's kind of like a banknote with a serial number. Um, So this creates scarcity for the item, much like how physical items are today, there is scarcity, and naturally causes the value of that unique item to soar. The new owner of Dorsey's first tweet will receive a digital certificate of the tweet and know that they have spent their money helping others. The tweet itself will be viewable on the internet for free. I guess it will be like tweet owned by someone. Unless, of course, Dorsey or Twitter deletes the tweet and render it useless. At the end of the day, you don't buy the tweet itself, right? I mean, you want to pay 2.5 million so that you're helping someone. So at the end of the day, that is what it should be. But people don't buy into helping poverty because if they were to see value in helping poverty, there would not be poverty at this point anymore. They want to buy something uh what is this called uh scarce and because there's value because it's scarce probably 10 years down the road they can sell it for 25 million that's what they're looking for disney plus hits 100 million subscribers spells demise for cinemas in less than a year and a half disney plus is happy to announce they've hit past 100 million subscribers worldwide success is a combination of many things including COVID. a its expansion across more countries, as in, not COVID's expansion, but Disney Plus expansion across multiple countries, its release of Vision series, uh, and the announcement of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and possibly even Raya and the Last Dragon. So a lot of good content, a lot of strong IPs, uh, generally, naturally, Disney Plus would do very well. I mean, it's not rocket science, right? At this rate, Disney Plus stands to be Netflix's stiffest competitor, no other Subscription uh, uh, subscription TV, it's close to it. But where Disney Plus thrives in major American IPs, Netflix is famous for working with alternative creators across the world. Um, the difference between Disney Plus and Netflix is that Disney Plus buys up a lot of major American IPs like National Geographic. I don't know if National Geographic is American, but yeah, it's on that side. So they have Marvel, they have Disney... Um, you know all these kinds of IPs that are that are already very strong. Whereas what Netflix is doing is uh, they constantly go out and find local production companies, uh, local production houses, and create series and movies from that place. So you have South Korean ones, you have the German ones, you have the Dutch ones, you have you know these kinds of movie makers, and that is it localizes Netflix a lot more than. I guess Disney Plus will not be able to do it because Disney Plus is always a Hollywood-style production um, method rather than Netflix, is more localized. Uh, If Disney continues to release its blockbuster movies and series straight to viewers, so there is a trend going on now, right? Um, Disney is releasing a bunch of Marvel uh, stories in the form of series because WandaVision is a raving success i haven't watched it but everybody says it's good and um raya and the last dragon was supposed to be released in cinema but it's going into disney plus and everybody's watching it there so there is a trend that is going and if disney sees value in releasing it to the users directly via disney plus they will be less inclined to go to the cinemas uh, uh, like release it to cinemas and at this point, cinemas are only showing feature films like films, like one and a half, two hour kind of films. If Disney sees more value in <clears throat> in formatting their Marvel shows into series instead of movies, then they will be releasing less movies, which means that the cinemas will you know show less Marvel movies. And if others see the same trend as well, so everything is moving into sub streaming format, short form uh, series, ten Ten episodes per season, kind of like long form movie. I guess it's it's longer than a movie, but it's shorter than a traditional series. Twenty six episode per season series. So that this kind of new thing is going on. So if this happens, right, um, would the cinema industry change? That's the question that I'm getting to. Would we eventually see cinemas show half an hour serials to adapt to the changing film production trend? Because okay. Not everyone will buy Disney Plus. I will subscribe to Disney Plus because not everyone will watch all the shows that Disney Plus has to offer. And right now, all these subscription platforms is like usually one plan for all, right? Um, You pay for something, you have access to everything. You can't have access to only Disney, Disney Channel. You can't have access to only National Geographic. And nobody will possibly subscribe to all the tv series in tv subscriptions in the world there are so many and they're all just starting to come up paramount plus uh uh, uh there's the the peacock and every one of them has a few shows that we like but not all the shows we like so we we'll essentially p- be paying like what five six hundred ringgit a month just to watch to, ha- to have access to all the subscriptions which means that there will always be a place for aggregators like astro to charge us one sum for access to bits of the best shows everywhere but as cinemas lose their relevance in this in this new wave of television or movie or shows or whatever right will they start competing with tv box providers and will they go into streaming uh, or will they okay will they i guess the first thing they will do is they will repurpose their real estate they have cinemas right instead of showing f- full length films they probably show series Charges less, maybe like four ringgit per episode of Wonder let's say, instead of twenty ringgit for one movie, and then we go in, sit half an hour, get out, right? Um, so, and then eventually they may go into TV streaming as well because they have access to all these shows and everything like that, and you know they still want to go into movie, uh, movie shows, but they can't do it because less and less, uh, production teams are producing long form. Movies. So, well, that will probably happen in, what, next five, ten years? But, I think there is a shift that is coming. I think there is a shift. Uh, There is a disintermediation going on where cinemas would need to be aggregators of TV shows. Kind of like Astro. They will be competing with Astro. uh, Which is not very tough because Astro isn't exactly uh, um, doing anything to, to evolve into today anyway. They're still stuck with their old old style so yeah one guy comes along does it and beat astro to the punch that's all for this week there is no late there is no tech of the week it's pretty hard to get tech of the week because yeah there 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 either is something good or there isn't uh so i'm just gonna keep this empty latex weekly is available in Anchor anchor.fm overcast google podcast spotify pocketcast radio public and more Our full videos are available on YouTube and I post bits and clips on Instagram and Facebook. This is Latex Weekly episode 10th March 2021. My name is Sean. See you next week. Stay safe. Au revoir.